Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. Hey, Paul, what's new? Not much. I'm still wearing the same shirt. Yeah, so am I. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess I don't get out of the house much. Yeah, no, I... I, this afternoon, I went to, I was driving by this office building, this commercial office space, and it said like common, uncommon or something like that. And it was like a, a shared workspace, um, like a WeWork, uh, if anybody knows that story. But so I went in there and I talked to the lady and I was talking, it's actually kind of, it's a really cool concept, just shared office space. And a lot of people who are working remote today, apparently their company is paying for them to have a desk at one of these places, which is really cool. And it's not too expensive you know it's like 250 bucks for a month um all the way up to like six or seven hundred bucks based on what kind of space you have or even an actual office so it's pretty cool and then i was talking to the lady and and she's leasing the space and she told me how much she pays a month and right above her is the u.s postal service leasing that space for like the last 50 years and i was like really do you know the owner yeah, Mr. So-and-so, you know, I was like, do you, does he want to sell? She's like, yeah, he wants to sell, but we can't afford it. I was like, hmm, all right. So I'm going to do a little research because it's not on the market. Yep. Um, but those are where the best deals are to be found. No, absolutely. And because, um, I don't know, just, just infinite banking makes you like we did an episode a couple, a couple episodes ago about seeing opportunities and you start having conversations with people and first I'm looking at office space. The next thing I'm thinking about is buying a commercial building because she told me they were doing like a triple net lease. So they pay for everything, renovations, maintenance, taxes, everything. And I was like, okay, all right, cool. So, you know, I did a little research when I got home and I'm going to do a little more and maybe reach out to the, the old man that owns it. So opportunities are everywhere. No question. Yeah. But today, uh, we're going to talk about another kind of opportunity, the opportunity of protecting yourself and um, specifically protecting yourself in an uncertain economy, this uncertain world. Like that, that term uncertain, like an uncertain world that that's been thrown around there for decades. Like as long as I've been alive, I've been hearing that term, but I don't think things have ever been as uncertain as they are right now um, in my 42 years. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Um, you know, obviously, since we've we've been a country, there's been, you know, there's tor- there's turmoil. Um, but yeah, when you look about when you just factor in the amount of money the Federal Reserve has printed in the last you know 24 months, and how artificially low interest rates were when you get people refinancing a 30-year mortgage at two percent, there's so much money out in the economy now that it is. You know, essentially devalue. You and I were talking before we went went hot here, talking about when we were like young officers in the military, like making a hundred grand seemed like, oh man, I can live off that forever, comfortably, whatever. And right now, as we sit here in uh, June of 2022, a hundred thousand dollars a year, gosh, it it doesn't seem to buy as much as it could have just maybe five or ten years ago. Yeah. Because, it, but because it doesn't. 
it's almost like a hundred grand now is like solid middle class, not even upper middle class. I mean, when we were growing up, if your if your old man was making a hundred grand plus, you were upper middle class. Oh, wow. oh no, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Now that yeah, those are rich. Those are rich people to my to my to my parents. Yeah. 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 And I think most most families around where I live make over a hundred grand, but they're both you know it's a dual income. They're both family. employed. They're both working. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, so yeah, obviously everybody knows this now that the money's not going as far as it used to. Uh, and you can tell me all day long until you're blue in the face that inflation's only seven or 8%, but give me a break. Um, that doesn't take into account food and gas, right? right? The two most important things really in our life yep. and elect, you know, electricity, um, my electric bill and all that. But yeah, so what is an, what is economic uncertainty? I think you just said a lot of that, the Fed how much money they're going to print. We have no control over that. Um, I mean, does the government even have control over that? The Fed is not a federal institution. Um, what? Wait a minute. Wait. Yeah. So the Federal Reserve Bank, let's go over this. It's not federal. There's no reserves and it's not a bank. So there's a, just a <laughs> quick history lesson, ladies it's and gentlemen. It's almost like that name was picked on purpose. Yeah, instead of uh, banking cartel. Um, right. Yeah. They'd like to use yeah, words to mislead you. Yeah. Federal so. sounds governmenty and sounds great. Yeah. Federal ammunition. <laughs> That's the only right. federal I like. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, you got world leaders, unpredictable world leaders, um, wars, policy decisions, um, currency debates. You know, there's a big push by the, the leaders of the the new world order to get rid of all paper currency. You know, they, they use the words that, oh, you know, you know, it'll, it'll stop bad people, you know, oh, counterfeiting and from laundering money. Like, give me a break, man. You know, it's no. just the, it's just so they can have more control over you. Right. They want to control every transaction that you make, whether that's peer to peer lending mm -hmm. or, you know, you sell a coffee table on Facebook marketplace. Well, guess what? That transaction, you know, that's digital and now they're going to tax it. So it's it's all by design. It's not a surprise. Of course, I think governments have been trying to screw everyday people since there's been government. Yeah, and they'll do it insidiously. They're not going to outlaw cash. What they're going to do is make it so um, onerous and inconvenient for businesses to transact with cash that businesses Correct. will make the decision themselves to not allow cash. Right. Which That's right. which which blows my mind because it says on the back of every piece of currency you have, like this is legal tender for all debts, private and public, public. but That's you'll correct. go to some places and they say, we will not accept that. I'm like, it says it's legal tender. How can you not accept it? Yeah. Like my American express platinum, that's legal tender. And they don't they accept that use it today. At, no. Yeah. I, I was, would you know was how I? much American express charges? It's I wouldn't use it either if right. I was a business owner. <laughs> yeah, no, no question. And that's what I told yeah. the, the young lady behind the counter. I was like, it, there's a reason for this. And here's why they charge, you know, whatever it is. It's like three and a quarter, different. three and a half percent, something crazy. Right. Right. Although they so give me a, a little... lot of nice rewards for using my Amex. So. <laughs> I told her, I was like, there's super nice lounges, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> in the airport. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, in, in, in recent history, there's so much uncertainty, right? In, in 2020, of course, nothing, you know, that 
anybody who who wasn't involved in the planning of it could have predicted. Um, I say that <laughs> tongue in cheek, but you know something happened that nobody in this who's alive today has ever seen happen before in their lifetime, which is why it was so unexpected and nobody knew really how to handle it. But that, of course, we're talking about COVID. But during that time, like in 2020, the laws on your qualified plans and you know, AKA 401k, you know, IRA, all that changed twice. And you had zero input on that uh, besides casting your vote at the ballot for, you know, who's going to make those decisions, right? Um, yep. And that's a whole other conversation that we've talked about many times, I think, at this point is, you know, do you really want your, do you want the federal government as a partner between, you know, you know between you and your, and your wealth and your money? Just Absolutely. Really nowadays, it's something to strongly consider. Qualified plans are inventions of, of the government, right? And it was the antidote think, to the disease they gave you in the first place. Taxation, yeah. onerous taxation, right? right. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a foot stomp. Do you think that's a good idea? Yeah. Well, it is because my neighbor's doing it and everyone I know is doing it. Well, okay, fine. Yeah, he's a 401k millionaire. Well, congratulations, but let me ask you this. If you can't spend a million dollars, are you really a millionaire? If your million dollars in your 401k doesn't have the, you know, the ability to purchase one million dollars of goods and services, can you really consider yourself a millionaire? Because when you take that money out, it's going to get taxed, right? That's right. And that's another thing: the uncertainty of taxes, tax rates. Like, yeah, what are they going to be? What are they going to be twenty or thirty years from now when you're allowed to touch your IRA, your four hundred one k, and take money out? What are they going to be? I don't know. Which is why I don't put money into them. I'm not yeah. going to take a bet like that going to pay the interest in that national debt, which is now bigger than the economy. Well, before long, it's going to be the biggest payment that we have in the federal budget is right. paying interest on the national debt. Dave, where does the federal government or any government, where does it get its money from? <laughs> well, they Wait, I thought they made money. I thought they could just print and it doesn't have... Right. I just had this conversation with my son and it's, it's so fun that... Um, I, I say never use anytime you ever hear the word government funded, replace the word government with taxpayer. Taxpayer. Oh my There's god, dude. We only I one had the place. conversation. Yeah. I had that conversation at work today with my with my coworker, uh, Matt. Uh, same exact conversation. Dude, military like, people could be the are sometimes the worst about it. They're like, Oh, it's government money. Let's let's order those Ray Bands and that nice three hundred dollar Pathfinder Casio watch. It's government money. No, it's not, man. It's taxpayer funds. Yeah, fortunately, he's just like we are. So yeah, he, good. We were we were both on the same page during the discussion that we had, but it was just like, yeah, it's taxpayer. I think you know if the government would, if people would stop saying free college, free you know free education or free free whatever you know free Obama phones or something, I wish they would stop saying that and just replace it like you said with taxpayer funding because that's where the money's coming from, right? The government doesn't make anything; it's not a business. It yeah. takes from the private sector what it needs to redistribute to to pay for whatever. Right. right. And that that's coming from you. And, and you know, it's coming from your bottom line, folks. It's, it's coming from taxpayers, whether it's current taxpayers or future taxpayers. Yep. Like in the case of the Fed printing money. But guess where it's also coming from? Uh, inflation. They make the government makes buku bucks from inflation. Right. Because if the price of, uh, of your new, you know, Nike shoes rose by $10, guess what? If you're state or whatever, you know, they, they charge seven or 8% sales tax. They just made an extra 70 cents 
on something they weren't, you know, they didn't have the ability to make money on uh, before inflation. So inflation is the hidden tax. And like everybody in our circle predicted this two years ago. They're like, dude, are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay. Thanks for the thanks for the free money, the the COVID, whatever they were calling it, the the payment I got every month for a few months for having my kids and you know, like seven hundred <laughs> bucks. Here's seven hundred bucks. And then the next year, hey, I'm gonna destroy your 401k. I'm gonna more than double the price of gas and your food's gonna go up by 30%. So, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, yeah. So anyway, I think we got off on a little bit of a tangent. So we basically just talked about everything that's wrong with <laughs> with the world right now. And um, yeah, we'll uh, we could keep going and going, but let's no, talk it's fun, about man. it's good. Yeah, the whole point of this episode is we want to share with listeners what are we doing personally to protect ourselves from the uncertainty that that's out there. So I think uh, everybody should be familiar by now. The, the very first thing we're doing with our money is putting it into dividend paying whole life insurance policies um, and utilizing the infinite banking concept, right? Yep. Yep. So certainty into your portfolio, folks. Yeah, add some certainty. You can't have everything in Bitcoin. You can't have everything in the market and expect to also have certainty. Yeah, um, that's right. And I, you know, this this mindset that everyone has that they compare everything against you know a rate of return, and I need to get this rate of return, and I need to buy this index fund, or I need to be doing this coin or this this thing. That's that's all well and good, and I'm not saying don't go do those things, but if all of your financial value that you're bringing in and then, quote, saving is getting deployed into those types of things, you really don't have certainty. You're relying on history, luck. Sure, there's some savviness that a lot of you have, no question, that know about, you know, cryptocurrencies or you know about real estate or you know about, you know, investing or individual stocks or mutual, whatever it is. That's, that's fine. However, if your portfolio does not have a certain amount of certainty in it, you are not, <laughs> you are not safe. And just just look around of what's yeah. going on, not only in, in the United States but the world stage. It is it is extremely chaotic, especially when it comes down to money. Exactly, and you know we like to put our our capital. The first place it goes is into these policies, where we can access it. Like I want access to my money, to my capital. And even, even better, I want access to somebody else's capital, which is what these policies provide is it gives you your first in line for access to the life insurance company's capital while yours continues uh, growing uninterrupted through interest and dividends. Right. So that's right. Um, and then we can grow our money, grow our capital there and have access to it for opportunities like when the whole economy tanks. Um, you know, hopefully it doesn't come to that, right? But there are going to be opportunities. Um, so there's a, it, yeah. it's our opportunity fund, right? Yeah, no question. I mean, right now, personally, you know, I'm, I'm two years out from retiring from the army. I'll have, you know, 22 years and change when that, when that, when that day comes in 2024, early 25, right? Right now I have, a bunch of private loans out, a bunch of policy loans out, 
paying some back, holding some, some are, you know, some of the private loans are balloon payments, whatever, but I'm consolidating cash because I want to build, I want to have the opportunity to build my retirement home at the cheapest possible price as, as lumber prices, hopefully go back to like normal levels, whatever the hell that means, right? Maybe $400 for a thousand board feet or something, but I want to be ready to pull the trigger. Like, yo, let's buy the lumber now. Here's the plans, get the contractor, go. go buy the wood, right? Um, I don't want to be not flush and then, well, I gotta just, <laughs> yeah, whatever, we... whatever the price is, whenever I decide to build, like there it is. I want to be able to strike and, exactly. and do it right in the moment. Yeah. And, and you experienced that. We both experienced that. And, you know, in 2020, when the stock market tanked, um, yep. I know we talked about, you know, you were buying specific stocks, let them go up and then got your money back out. Yep. So yeah, it's just, it's opportunities, you know, and, and then when the economy is down, when there's a recession, guess who's making money? The same people who were making money when the economy was good, but there's only a handful of those people who are still making money in a bad economy. There's money to be made, whether it's a good economy or a bad economy. Like when, you know, people are, are ripping on Bezos and Musk and, and Buffett for, they made billions of dollars during uh, the pandemic, right? Well, what do you expect billionaires to do? They're brilliant. They, their minds are always thinking, how, do, how can I capitalize on this situation for the benefit of my company, my shareholders, myself, whatever it is, they're capitalists, right? So they're gonna look for ways to make money no matter what. Anybody can make money during an up market, right? Like how many people got into the financial planning industry over the last 10 years? I don't know, I haven't looked at those stats, but guess what, they were all heroes for like 10 straight years. Right. Yeah. I love those conversations with people with well, Paul, my, my portfolio has done great the last several years. So I'm like, listen, so is everybody else's. Yeah. Like, congratulations, you happen to be in the market during what has been a, a, a bull market for God near 20 years with a couple of hiccups in the middle, right? With, with 08, and that was, we know that, why that was caused, but, um, and some other small, you know, dips. But short of that, if you were in the market, you made money. Great. Yeah. That's no. We're not saying don't do those things, but we're saying right now it, it is time to, it would be worth your while to kind of look at your overall portfolio and say, what certainty do I really have? And when am I going to need access to this? What am I planning on having access to? And when I, do I want access to it? And right now yeah. the market's down whatever amount of percentage points. Do I, ha do I have enough? Do I have what I thought I'd have? Something well, to think about. And then nobody wants to take out, take their money out of that market when no. it's down so much, right? Of course not. Like, of that course would, not. That, that would be, be crazy. silly. Yeah. Right. And, and they're being hammered from every angle saying, don't touch your money right now. You got to ride the storm out. You know, it's a sinking ship. Well, I want to keep it under management as long as I can, don't well, I? Well, of course. Right. The, the <laughs> quarterly bonus paid. is coming up or the, the <laughs> yeah, uh, at least till the end of the June so I can get my second quarter bonus. And then July 1st, you can take some out. Right. Uh, yeah. But so when, when, when the economy is great, anybody, a monkey throwing darts can, can make money. And that's been proven. Like there's been studies done. Um, monkeys throw other things. <laughs> yeah. Any, but a dart only other. hits one stock, you know, they could <laughs> throw a smattering of stocks. Uh, <laughs> uh, but when the market's down, uh, I, this is funny. This, this was like three or four years ago. My buddy, uh, invited me to, you know, golf, uh, for, he was having a few guys 
going golfing for his birthday. So I went there and, and one of the guys was a financial planner and I'm not knocking financial planners. There's some very solid ones. This one I could tell wasn't because one of the other guys was one of his clients, but they were high school buddies. Right. So he's yeah. like, the, I guess the market was taking a dive at that time. Uh, just a little bit, you know, probably took a dip and then was going to come back up, but he was given his, the one guy was giving the other guy who was the financial planner a hard time about like, well, my money's not, you know, my money's not working for me. So I got to go work myself or something like that. And the financial planner was like, Hey man, it's the market. It's not my fault. Like, right. That's, that's the industry answer. That's the industry. It's like being right. a weatherman. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it told me it was going to, you know, going to be sunny, but it rained. It might rain. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, it's guaranteed to rain at some point. May not and then be you today. Get, I don't you know. get hail, which damages your car. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but that's uh, so that's why we put our money in in life insurance policies, right? Because it's it's there for us when we need it. It's working for us even when we're not using it. It's working for us even while we are using it. Um, and we always have access to capital. Always. Yep. And and folks, if you're like new to listening or even just kind of just learning or just heard about IBC from someone, this is not a normal way to think, right? It is, it is atypical what we, what we talk about. It shouldn't be, but unfortunately it is. So it is, it is an abnormal thing. Like if you would have told Paul Fugere 10 years ago that I'd be paying as much whole life insurance premium as I do now, I would have been like, you're absolutely, you're bonkers. And I owned whole life at the time, yeah, right? Not this kind, but I would have thought you were nuts. So we acknowledge that, but you know, what Dave is saying is absolutely correct. You, you want to put yourself in a position of strength, whatever that means to you. And you do that partially by adding some guarantees into your, into your life. Yeah. And speaking of guarantees, how do, you know, what is one of the things that provides us the most certainty about this concept is that later on in life for a lot of people who decide to retire, you know, take themselves out of, out of the workforce and just, and, and not actively make money anymore. And they live off what they've accumulated or invested or passive income, whatever we get to access the growth of that money in our policies tax-free. So- Yeah, let's explain uh, that. That's good. Yeah, so well, there's three buckets of money. There's, there's taxable, there's tax-deferred, there's tax-free. Like, yep. if you could choose to put your money in any, three, any one of those buckets, which one would you choose? Tax-free. Tax-free, right? If, if, if you didn't say tax-free, you probably don't work. Um, and I've never looked at your paycheck. So yeah, tax-free. So we are funneling as much money as we can uh, feasibly, responsibly into these policies that grow to the point that, you know, a handful of years down the road, the amount of access, the amount of cash value we have access to is going to be greater than the cumulative premium we paid. And, and then we'll continue to outpace that and the Delta will grow larger every single year going forward. Um, yep. And guess what? If you utilize this concept properly and use these policies as, as they're designed to be used through the infinite banking concept, you will not pay taxes on those gains. You'll be able to access that money ca uh, tax-free to, to do to live off of, to, you know, to take a tax-free income during a retirement and choose to never pay it back at that time if you want to. Yep. Um, I've illustrated that for, for several people over the years. And, uh, you know, technically speaking on, you know, if we want to be correct, these are tax deferred. 
Right. Uh, and a lot of a lot of these home office people and these different webinars have been on. They're showing like this many years of premium, and then you withdraw money up to your basis, which is tax free, and then above your, you know, it, it's just oh my goodness. So the way we will teach you to use it, folks, will be will be proper, um, and just like Dave said, where you can essentially take policy loans against against your policies cash value really it's really it's the death benefit that's collateral when you think about it but, right it is right. Uh, we, but this is why we we don't say you get to grow your money tax-free you don't get to grow right. a tax free you tr grow a tax deferred we always say you get to access that access capital tax-free right. through yep. policy loans because if you go to the bank and take a loan are you ever taxed on that as income no because no. it's a loan if you were nobody would ever take loans and banks would go out of business Right. Right. Yep. Not not a taxable event. That's correct. Right. And so. that's the death benefit's not tax income tax. It's income tax free as well. Exactly. People are surprised to hear that. Really? That's that's yeah. Funny. And once you explain it to them, it's like, hey, you get in a car accident, your car insurance pays you a, a certain amount of money, so you can go to the body shop, get it fixed, or replace the vehicle. Right. Are you taxed on that money? No, it's not it's not income. There's no ten ninety nine that's issued to you by the insurance company. That's just it's replacing a loss, just like the life insurance, right? We're replacing the loss of your income, the loss of your life. Right. Right. So that's why it's not a taxable event. Because it's, it's not insurance. an investment. It's insurance. Not an investment. It's insurance. Oh goodness, right. that conversation. Right. Oh. If it was an investment, then yeah, you you should be you you would be paying taxes on gains, but it's not. It's an it's insurance. That's right. So there you go. Uh, so adding more money to the tax-free bucket. So that's the first thing we do, infinite banking. Um, the next thing you and I do predominantly with our funds is private lending. And, you know, why do you use private lending and how does that um, lessen the uncertainty uh, yeah. in, in your economic e economy? Yeah. So this is so this is interesting. You know, I, I've you know, I get some friends that are in the financial space, the traditional or, or conventional financial space as advisors or um, and they think what I do is extremely risky. Right. <laughs> yeah. And having been doing it for five plus years now, I think what I used to be doing by just throwing money in mutual funds for forever and just giving control of my money. I think that looks insane to me now. Yeah. It looks almost almost idiotic. Because um, I have no control, you know, n none of that. Right. That doesn't mean you're an idiot if you're doing that. It just means. No, like, we, I just we me. Both I was. Yeah, no yeah. question. It's, yeah, we, we right, both It doesn't did make that. you an idiot. That's, yeah. Right. That's but not what I'm saying. It. <laughs> it just seems so like another lifetime ago where because I was doing. Your journey has progressed so far that you. So far. Yeah. That you can look back absolutely. and see. So, yeah. You can see the difference. So now I when I when I take you know a policy loan uh, from my life insurance contracts. And because there was an opportunity, well, I'm going to get some collateral to secure that opportunity. Like I have a, um, I have a deed of trust on a piece of land out in Utah right now um, from a guy I've done several private loans with who's a great guy. He's a, he's a home builder, super you know, good communicator, super intelligent, um, just, just great, right? And those, you know, he's a small business owner, so I'm helping him expand his business, make his life you know, wonderful by making, you know, making a wage for him. And then I'm, I'm making money as well. And I'm doing it in a manner that I can, I control the terms. Mm -hmm. I dictate the terms. I dictate the, what the interest rate's going to be. And uh, I decide what, what level of collateral is acceptable to me. Kind of like a bank does when yeah. you sign your life away, when you're signing for a mortgage, right? You're signing all of your assets over. Yeah. Fully collateralized, right? Exactly. 
Yeah, yeah, you really are. You're you're signing everything over to them. So, <laughs> yeah. which is which is what we do. And regard and you know, people will pay different interest amounts on different money depending on how badly they need it. Uh, sure. or what their expected return on those funds are. If yep. you know, if you charge somebody 20% interest to borrow $100,000, but they're going to net $300,000 from their investment of that money, they're more than happy to pay that 20%, right? No question. But you would never go to the bank and say, I want a mortgage uh, at 20%, you know, APR. <laughs> like, no, that's insane. Um, I mean, it wasn't in the 80s. That was commonplace. But yeah. Um, so how much you would pay for money depends on what you're using it for and how badly and how quickly and trouble-free you need that money. So, and that's and that's what people new to private lending don't realize is people are willing to pay higher amounts of money from non-banking entities like private citizens because our money is available much quicker. There's still a process to go through, obviously, and we've kind of touched upon that mm -hmm. in, in past episodes. But like you said, my money is available now, not 45 days from now after the opportunity is gone. Right. Right. And in return. Uh, I mean, when you hand your money over to a mutual fund, do you know who's making those trades? Do you get to meet and talk to and, and you know, determine the caliber of person it is who's actually making all those trades? Um, nope. Or, you know, choosing which companies are going to be part of that mutual fund? No, you don't. Nope. But when you do private lending, you get to know that person personally. You get to meet yep. them. You get to do all the due diligence you want. And if you call, they're going to answer the phone, Right. Because you're the bank. So they better. They better. Right. Now they do. Or you can yep. call that note. So that's yeah. right. But yeah, and private lending is just a lot more flexible on both ends, really. Like, I'd much rather deal with uh, borrowing money from an individual because of the flexibility there. And, uh, you know, maybe you can, maybe somebody will have a heart instead of just having pencil and paper and, and looking straight at numbers. They can understand yeah, a situation or, you know, it's definitely more personal too, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's you're, much more you want personal. them to be successful because you're, 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 you're part of that success as well. Right. You don't want to take the collateral. You don't want to take some land like you will, if you have to, to get your, your capital investment back, but you don't want to. So you no. want, you want them, you truly want them to be successful. Like that's a great, that's a great thing to say. And I, I guess I haven't thought about it like that, but yeah, you absolutely want them to be successful. Yeah, you're, because, you're vested in their success. Yeah, best case scenario, hey, I want you to come back, ask them for more money because you're so successful. And then you're such a good bet that I want to give you more money. That's right. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why, I, like I said, I've done three different loans with this, per, with this gentleman uh, over the last couple of years. And it's been, it's been a good relationship, a, really, a great relationship, in fact. Yeah. And that's good. And you do a lot of you, you do a lot more individual lending than I do. I, I like to lend, uh, like I've said before, mostly to uh, a corporation that can back it by multiple assets and business revenue and and, you know, corporate guarantees and, and CEO guarantees and things like that, um, which is great. Um, but um, so private lending versus putting my money in the stock market and just letting it ride like. I know with 100% certainty, nobody on Wall Street has my best interest in mind. Um, no but, doubt. Nor do they have all of your capital deployed. You think they do, but they don't. Right. Yeah, good point. 
But yeah. if I'm lending money to somebody <clears throat> because they have their best interest in mind, they that is also my best interest. So it's in nobody's best interest to to uh, to not be able to repay a loan, right? To breach a contract and have to give up the collateral that you you assigned for a loan you took from somebody. It's not in anybody's best interest to do that. It's in Correct. the lendee's best interest to make good on the repayment of that loan. Because one, they want to keep their name intact, their reputation. Two, they want to keep their, their finances intact. And three, they probably want to keep borrowing money because they want to keep growing something good. So if they have their best interest in mind, it suits me too, because yep. I'm probably going to get paid back um, as opposed to somebody who doesn't really care, you know, whether they, Absolutely. they make money or not. No question. Yeah. So, you know, and then I think the, the third thing Paul and I are doing is pay attention to what's going on around us. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I'll just speak for myself. Like, I, I know some realtors here in the local area. I've been talking, talking to them. It's funny. You get on LinkedIn and you get on the, the World Wide Web and every article is experts say the housing market is going to stay strong and, you know, it's still a seller's market and blah, 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 still go buy a house and all this stuff. Like They said that in 2006, <laughs> 7, and 8, too. Right. When have experts never been wrong, right? <laughs> we or, didn't see this coming. We didn't see, yeah. <laughs> Alan Greenspan didn't didn't see it coming. Oh, gosh. Um, but, yeah, so the experts, so you can listen to the experts in anything, whether it's, you know, the last two years with COVID, you could listen to the experts with the housing market, with the stock market, whatever, or you can just pay attention to what's going on around you. What I've noticed talking to local realtors, they're actually starting to win offers. Like now when they go in with their clients and they make an offer on a new house, there's not 30 other competing offers offering 50,000 in cash over and above the asking price. They're making offers at asking price and winning them. Like if that doesn't show a cooling of the market, I'm not saying the market's going down right now, but I'm saying, where I live, it's cooling. And there's yeah. no disputing that. I don't care what the experts say. Yeah, I think that's the natural progression, right? When the, when the cost of money goes up by, well, we went from, let's say, you know, mortgages at two and a quarter to mortgages that are now five plus, mm -hmm. right? Well, the purchasing power is no longer there for those people that thought, oh, I was going to buy this 4,500 square foot house in Minneapolis. Well, now that's a 3,500 square foot house maybe or something. Or whatever. Yeah, right. I'm making, I'm making up numbers, but... You get the point. Yeah, they they were able to afford an eight hundred thousand dollar house just you know a few months ago. Now they can only afford a six hundred thousand dollar house. Right. Yep. Right. So I mean that's that's the difference. But it's funny because mortgage rates are still historically low. Like five percent. You know, is still I wish pretty dang low, especially with inflation the way that is right now. In my perfect world, interest rates would just. I mean, this is a terrible. I'm not an economist, but I just. I think business owners, consumers, we just want predictability. Right. Like if, if, if a mortgage rate was fixed, we're fixed at 7%, let's say. That was like a, a law written in like, it was like the 28th Amendment to the Constitution or something. <laughs> or it was the Third Amendment, you know, way back when. All right, if there was a mortgage, you know, if that existed back then. I could plan, like, hey, I know to buy this much house right. at this price, mortgage is going to be 7%. I need this much money as my 20% down payment or whatever. And then this is what the payment's going to be. I could plan to that. Yeah. Right. We can't plan for nothing. No, no. That's not a super education, you know, super, super educational. <laughs> you must have graduated from Norwich. So, <laughs> but what that leads to is people making really sh like 
you know, instant snap judgments and snap decisions that, Absolutely. oh my God, the market's so high, we better sell. And now we have to buy right now while the rates are so low. And you know, I'm, yep. I'm afraid a lot it of It modifies people, behavior. It does, sure. it does, that artificially. So artificially. the Fed messing with interest rates, banks messing with interest rates artificially causes people um, to take actions they otherwise wouldn't take. 100%. And, and that sounds never, very Austrian of you. Yeah, very, very yeah. Austrian. Very good. Um, like Austrian economics or something. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so I look everywhere. I mean, the housing market, I look at, um, you know, taxes. Our taxes, I don't care what a politician tells me, there's only one direction those taxes are going. Only one. Right. I'm pointing up for those of you listening. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you can make just, I just implore people to make decisions based on what you actually see with your own eyes, not just listening to people that are, are quote unquote experts who all have a, you know, they, they all have an agenda. Like it's, it's been said, these, these stock market gurus, uh, hedge fund managers, they make more money by saying it's a bull market and being wrong than by saying it's a bear market and being right. Like they make more money by just telling you it's a bull market or it's going to come back up. Um, so what do you think they're going to say? What do you think a, a real estate company is going to say that the, the housing market is going to crash? No. Why would they say that? Doesn't benefit them. Nope. Yeah. So. Not at all. No. You know, like Nelson said, I, I love going back to this because it's so brilliant. If you know what's going on, you'll know what to do. Yeah. But you got to do your own thinking. And it's all about the way you think. Another quote of his that, you know, should be written on my, my office wall. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. about the way you think. Um, no question. Yeah. So, you know, those are just uh, a few things that Paul and I do to protect ourselves in uncertain times. And um, there's certainly some un uncertain times in our near future. Um, but did, uh, did the values in your life insurance contracts go down over the last two months? Negative. Nope. They just went up. They go up every day. Yeah. Every day. I don't, I don't have to do a thing. I just pay unaffected. We don't really go out and say this, but they're not affected by the stock market. They're not affected by what's going on. Okay. Cause they're based on contractual guarantees. Right. By companies that have been around for over a hundred years. Yes, sir. Right. So there's some certainty for you, you know, about as much financial certainty as you can find outside of uh, taxes. I don't know uh, what that's worth, but it's worth a lot to me. Yeah. It's, it's worth, uh, you know, I don't want to say how much, but um, tens of thousands a year uh, in yep. premium. So, yep. yeah. You either yeah. know something that people don't, Dave, or we're I'm crazy. really stupid. Yeah, I'm great. <laughs> I must have, you know, all these people who leave comments on my YouTube video, like, you're a scammer. I'm like, well, man, I pulled oh, God, one hell of a it. scam job on myself then because, uh, uh, yeah, I, I must love be. I say that with um, people I know, and they've heard me say it, and or or new clients or prospects that I get, and because when you become a client, I share, I share my you know my life insurance portfolio with you, just to show you, mainly to show them how the how things yeah. work and what they look like. But I'm I'm an open book. Like if I'm gonna if if I you know want you to you know if you want to pay high premium, I'm gonna show you that I am paying high premium. Like I practice what I preach, and I tell them that like I'm either a moron. Yeah. Or I know something that you don't. Right. Exactly. Which one do you think it is? Yeah. Well, I, I've known you for a little while now, and you're no moron. Um, Thank you. I mean, sometimes 
you know, the, the hunting hats and the, the, the slang you use might uh, say otherwise, so, but I, uh, there's no good barber shops around here in Northern Virginia. If you're listening and you're from Northern Virginia, you can <laughs> well, stop trying to, to get your I, haircut in the Pentagon. I don't No, I don't go there. I go to this place on my way to work. I walk right by it and God love the guy. I, I really like him, but he's terrible. <laughs> obviously like he he messed up my life a couple weeks ago and i'm still like recovering from it so i'm letting it kind of letting it grow a little bit and uh my goodness man just, yeah but i still have my hair a lot of people don't that's true good for you man that's extra points on your life insurance application if you still have your hair yeah you, right you didn't yeah they didn't know that <laughs> right you get extra yeah. You extra, you know, percentage points. I got a like, little bit of a sunburn. That's why I keep itching myself. Sorry. That's annoying. Um, Either that or you're, uh, yeah. Sorry, no, this is, a, this is clean and I don't have any, I don't have any skin problem. I get olive oil skin and guinea charm, man. Like, oh, okay. good to yeah. go. The Italian jeans. You know, I'm part Croatian. Yeah. I bet I can tan up darker than you. <laughs> we'll test have it out seen... on the lake this summer. Come on. About that. Yeah. Come you on. need to, hey, you need to come down. Yeah. No, I'd love to. I need to. So... All right, man. Well, that's a good one. I think we went a little bit longer than usual, but uh, it was worth it. So, yeah, it was a fun one. Yeah. All right. We'll go on more rants next time. <laughs> all right. We'll see you all. We'll see you all next week. See you, everybody. See you, Dave. All right. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at theibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.